Hi everyone, my name is Sean, and today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Thomas Van He. Thomas is an expert on tax laws. Thomas, welcome to the Ask Expert series. Thomas is the founder of RFR, an award-winning boutique tax firm and teaches taxation at various institutions of higher education. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. We are very happy to have you. So to kickstart things, I just wanted to ask you, could you tell our viewers a little bit about your background and your journey into the world of taxation? Sure, yeah, I'd be happy to. So I, I started to study as a lawyer and it, at law school, one of the subjects that gave me the most kind of, um, that I was the most passionate about was taxation. So after that, I, felt I did another master's taxation. And uh, yeah, I, mean, I guess that's been a long time ago now since I finished those studies. So, and I've never done anything else. So it's a, it's a topic that which is, uh, which is always evolving, which is intellectually very challenging. So I, I quite enjoy it, yes. Very interesting. And um, could you possibly give us a brief intro on corporate tax and um, any exemptions to it, if there are? Sure. You mean specifically for the UAE, I, I assume then? Or, yes. Uh, yeah. So there's earlier this year, corporate income tax was introduced in, in, in the UAE on a rolling forward basis. That means that a number of companies are not yet subject to corporate income tax, but will, will be later on. And the system in the UAE is, is a very modern system. And when we say modern, it, it complies with international standards. But it's also a very flexible system uh, through which your effective tax rate might be substantially lower than your statutory tax rate. The statutory tax rate is what we refer to as 9%. Uh, but then due to the application of, of certain exemptions, be it a participation exemption or an exemption for dividends which are sourced from other UAE entities or an exemption from profits which are earned abroad or for that matter uh, qualifying free zone persons who can have 0% applicable on their qualifying income we'll see that the effective tax rate might be substantially lower in, in the end. Okay. In terms of moving on, uh, the UAE corporate tax uh, came into effect in June 2023 which is quite recent. Yeah. So almost five months into implementation how does it change the economy in your opinion? How does it change the economy as a whole? I think we're still going through that process. It's, it's, it's transforming a number of things. It's transforming how businesses view, for example, the importance of their financial statements. Uh, before, unless you were regulated or listed, your, your financial statements only really serve the purposes of informing, uh, not the tax authority, because we didn't have any, but informing shareholders and whatnot. But it didn't have to tick that additional box. And, and now, essentially, the, the compliance bar is is put at a higher level. Mm -hmm. I think that that's number one. And number two is what we see is, let's say, intercompany arrangements or, or companies which are partly used for private purposes as well. That now surfaces and, and needs to be reconsidered. You can't run private expenses through a company, for example. You can't just have three companies and just use money from another company to pay for the expenses of the first company that you have. So those are things that people are getting to grips with and, and are looking into. But it's a process and I think that process is going to find its culmination when the first filing of the corporate income tax return is going to be due. And that's at the earliest February 2025, but for most businesses, September 2025. Okay, I see. And um, with the evolving tax laws, what are the key points new business owners should keep in mind? Like, do you think that there is any like uh, key points or any advice that you would give on these business owners? 
they always say if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? So first off is 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 to think about the impact of corporate income tax applicable on on a business. I think that's uh, that's number one. If you're a business owner, obviously, the, due to the application of corporate income tax, if you're not a free zone person that can claim zero percent, your profits are going to be impacted necessarily, right? So it's a matter of of understanding how much your profits are going to be impacted and how much is is going to be left after tax. So your profits after tax, how much of that is uh, is impacted? I think if you're a business owner and you're considering to start a business, your your first aim is always to conduct a business. So tax, whatever other regulatory requirements, it's secondary. It's something that you have to do, but that's not the point of of you setting up a business, right? So it's just one one more element to take into account in 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 the UAE, which is a country that has uh, seen increased regulation over the last. A couple of years, and this is just another element to it, which is bound to come at some point, really, in 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 time. Yes, and um, do you have any like um, comments on the influence of corporate tax on FDI? So, the foreign direct investment. Most people would say that that the fact that you're imposing corporate income tax would have a negative impact on the foreign direct investment, simply because the the return on your investment decreases, right? I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case, and that's for a number of reasons. N- number one is the UAE has a number of assets, not ne- necessarily talking about tangible assets, but a number of assets in terms of the workforce, its location, its laws, how the country has developed. Yeah. And that exists whether you tax or not. And that remains an, a, a point of attraction. The second thing is 9% on profits is really not that high. It's much lower than the OECD average, which would be between 22 and 25%. It's much lower than corporate income tax rates um, around the world. It also may have a positive effect. And some people forget sometimes that that's in part why it's being introduced is, is to say we're moving away from being considered as a tax haven, a country where no corporate income tax is, is applied. And that's actually a good thing because other countries they don't view tax havens in a very favorable way. And they might take measures against tax havens, whether that's a coordinated measure at an OECD level or EU level, or unilateral measures. And that has happened a lot throughout the, the, the last decades, really. Taxing now a little bit, or getting free zones in the scope, but taxing at 0% requiring them to, to register in and report, that actually helps us as a country to facilitate doing business internationally. So I think... What you may see is a is the types of FDI that come in might be slightly different. Right? Let's call it the the bad types of FDI, which are simply there because zero percent corporate income tax, but wouldn't take a, take their bags and leave and go immediately to another place. Those are not the companies that are going to contribute greatly to the local economy. So that's probably going to be weeded out to a certain extent. And then you know the, the UAE has enough um, assets going for it to to keep attracting foreign direct investment. I see. And you believe that the, the positives outweigh the um, the negatives? Purely from a technical point of view, uh, I, I, I do believe that. Purely from a tax point of view, I do believe that. I think the drawback, though, of, of what we have is, you know, before it was an easy marketing trick to, to say 0% corporate income tax. That's a very easy message. Now we need to say there is corporate income tax. It's a lot too high. There's a lot of exemptions and whatnot. The story becomes a bit more longer and a bit more convoluted. But, you know, as, as a country for the UAE, I don't believe we we need that zero percent, that tax-free element, in order to continue to attract investments. We we will do that regardless. Do you think that the implementation of the tax 
has maybe put some pressure onto, you know, business owners in the UAE of anywhere? I think a larger effective that is putting pressure on business owners is, as I said already before, the increased regulations and administrative burden. But okay, that's essentially the UAE getting to the same level as a number of other countries in terms of the regulations and whatnot. I think a bigger challenge for businesses in the UAE is the increased rent, increased salaries, which is all putting a, a pressure on, on, on margins. I think that's much more top of mind than the 9% that we will need to pay on, on profits. Very good point. And um, how is the UAE's tax regime different from that of other GCC countries? So any countries in the, in the Gulf region? Yeah, so it's obviously, number one, it's a brand new system. And, and that means that it's easier to kickstart immediately with rules which are have proven their worth and have been vetted, for example, by the OECD or have been recommended by the OECD. So it's, it's the like that you have with the latest model of cars, right? So it's the latest one, it's the shiniest one, and it has gone through a couple of phases of, of development. Um, other legislations in the, in the region are, are slightly differently configured. For example, if you look at Kuwait, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, they would make a difference between companies that are held by GCC nationals and non-GCC nationals. The UAE doesn't do that, and neither does Oman. Bahrain currently doesn't have any corporate income tax system, but might have one for the same motivations as the UAE uh, has implemented one. So that there are stark differences. Another one is, for example, withholding taxes, for, of which Saudi Arabia has a lot. Oman as well. Kuwait has retention. Qatar also has withholding taxes. The UAE does not have that. The fact that the UAE does not have that also makes it continue to be a very attractive jurisdiction to, to establish yourself in. So I think they're, they're not the same, for sure. I would also not call them comparable, but what you can see, of course, is when talking about corporate income tax as such as a system, well, you have the same mechanics or the same concept in coming back in different countries, but it's really where the nuances are, are actually very important to, between all those countries. Do you think by any chance that the UAE's tax regime could maybe inspire the other Gulf countries to maybe adjust or make amendments to their current regimes? One thing that we're going to see is uh, as a result of international negotiations around what is called BEPS 2.0, under BEPS 2.0, there's two pillars, pillar one, pillar two, and pillar two is the reason, one of the reasons why the UAE is implementing its corporate income tax system. And Qatar has already issued legislation as well to, uh, to implement the same. So you, you will see that that's a reform that's going to impact the other GCC countries, perhaps minus Kuwait, which is not part of the 140 odd countries that have committed to implement it. But a modernization of the tax systems you, you have seen already in the last year and a half or so in Saudi Arabia. And you saw, for example, Amman as well two weeks ago issued a public consultation around a reform of the interest deductibility. So you see all of them are, are trying to modernize it, bring it up to standards. And at the same time, also trying to bring the tax authority as such up to standard to make it business friendly, foreseeable, you know, all of these things. So I, I think nothing but positive evolutions really right now. So in terms of those who want to maybe familiarize themselves with the tax legislations or taxation in itself, what inspires you to really teach others about this? I'm not sure. I, I enjoy transferring knowledge and we do it through different forums, whether it's, you know, I'd encourage all of your uh, viewers to follow us on LinkedIn, for example, where we have updates daily on, on taxation of the GCC. But we, we're also behind a number of programs. One program is, for example, the GCC tax certificate at Middlesex uh, that we do together with the university, where we bring during two months on end courses 
really comprehensive for all the range of topics that you would need really to step into taxation as a, as a topic. I also teach international and EU tax at, at Sorbonne University, so that's another uh, form. But I think what we'll see, probably see in the next couple of weeks and months uh, is that more of these programs will be uh, will be developing. And I think, yeah, there's there's a lot on hand. I mean, much more than when I was studying. There's people who create content on YouTube. But you can also follow our YouTube channel. There's people who, you know, create blog posts and whatnot. There's there's a lot out there. There's much more information out there. And we actually need it. And, and where we currently stand is the tax authority is issuing a lot of guidance. So there's a lot of us to a lot of things to to digest right now and to, to read right now. So, yeah. So you believe that these new um, resources available will make it easier for possibly, you know, future uh, professionals in the taxation field? For sure. I mean, it, it, it's not an easy thing. I mean, there's thousands of pages of guidance and uh, for someone to, to step in, it, it's not an easy field. We generally say that you can't, can't call yourself a tax expert if you haven't completed at least six to eight years of training. And, and other people step into a field, it's a you know, a field of law, and after two years, they call themselves an expert. <laughs> it, it's it's a very technical field. It's a very enjoyable field because you really, to to use the car metaphor again, you go under the hood of the of the car, you look at it, and essentially, when it comes to tax planning, the the comparison is you try and increase the performance of the of the engine. That's really the the comparison. So. I think it's a, it's a very nice field to, to step in. We've made sure that a lot of young people have joined our firm already and we would welcome more for those to really, you know, try and take on this challenge of having to look yeah, under the hood, look at the details, make sure that we advise large corporates in, in, to be compliant in the most efficient way. And that's really the purpose. Do you feel that taxation, the scope of law, is possibly like one of the most delicate professionalisms in the field of law? Like, do you feel like it's the most that requires more, you know, time and focus? There's a lot, there's a lot of great professionals out there. Um, and I don't know enough about the other fields of law uh, because it's been a long time since I studied them. But uh, I'm convinced it's one of the most technical uh, areas of, of, of law or of accounting for that matter. Uh, you know, it, it, it's really one something that. Let, let's say if you if you're doing labor law and the law doesn't change, you can continue to do it for ten years and 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 that's it. We have constantly new guidance coming out, new rulings coming out, which requires us to reassess multiple positions. So it's constantly a moving uh, target, and that makes it challenging, but also very interesting at the same time. Yes, you believe it makes it more exciting, the ever-changing landscape. For sure, for sure. And as there's, there's many actors, there's the local actors, then there's if a double tax treaty is negotiated, you need to reassess the position. If the OECD decides together with a range of other countries to, to propose new rules, we need to try and assess that. So it's it's a constant uh, a moving target, yeah. So one final question. I know this is a misconception that I hear. So is it true, or at least in your opinion, that lawyers are not good with numbers? I would say regretfully, yes. The joke in Ida often goes, lawyers can't count, accountants can't read, right? And in, in our firm, we have both profiles and both need to come together and a bit. It's, it's true that lawyers are notoriously bad, for example, at Microsoft Excel. For tax purposes, the calculations that we make aren't incredibly complex. So it's, it's very feasible. And in the same way for accountants, if you, if you learn a number of basics of international taxation and you read up, then it's also something which is, which is very feasible. So we're trying to make sure that we teach 
the lawyers had accounts and the accounts had to read really. That's very good because then at least they can be uh, qualified or prepared for both sides if necessary. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much for your time today, Mr. Thomas. This has been a very informative session. And thank you all for tuning in. This has been Ask the Expert, and we will see you next time.